0: It's time for Weekdays with Wilk, your daily dose of sports and how it affects the state of Utah. Here's your host, Tanner Wilkinson. Hey, welcome on in. It's uh, Weekdays with Wilk. Glad to have you on the program. It's a Tuesday, February 16th. Uh, Really want to make an effort. Anyone that's out there dealing with bad weather, uh, hope you're doing okay, Uh, understanding that uh, it's not. That's not the case for everyone in this country right now. Uh, Illinois has got some crazy snow going on. Uh, out in Michigan, they've got ice storms. Texas and Louisiana are an absolute mess. Tornado in North Carolina. Uh, really hoping everyone's safe out there today, regardless of uh, wherever you're at. Uh, let's just go ahead. We're going to jump on into the rundown. There was some significant NBA action I'd like to touch on from last night. Do you know what a rundown is? Uh... Can you get this rundown for me? This rundown better be really good. But it sounds like the rundown is really important. Julius Randall scored a season high 44 points, making a career best seven three pointers and leading the New York Knicks to their third straight victory, 123 112 over the slumping Atlanta Hawks. Randall added nine rebounds and five assists, and perhaps the best performance of a season that should merit all star consideration. The seventh-year forward scored 17 points on 7-for-8 shooting in the first quarter to send the Knicks to a fast start that ended up one point shy of his career high. R.J. Barrett added 21 points, and rookie Emmanuel quickly had 16 for the Knicks, who improved to 14-and-15 and and can reach 500 with a victory over Orlando on Wednesday. Steph Curry scored 26 points in three quarters, and the Golden State Warriors routed the Cleveland Cavaliers 129-98, Draymond Green tied his career high with 16 assists as the Warriors got double-figure scoring from six players and sent the Cavaliers to their eighth straight loss. Colin Sexton led the Cavs with 23 points. Cleveland shot 38% from the floor and was winless on its five-game road trip. Kyrie Irving scored a season-high 40 points, and James Harden had his fifth triple-double with Brooklyn, and the Nets beat Sacramento 136-125 as injured Kevin Durant watched from the bench. Irving went 15-22 of and made nine of the Nets' franchise record 27 three-pointers, including back-to-back shots from behind the arc to start the game, and three more as part of a 23-4 to run in the third quarter. It was the seventh time in 20 games with Brooklyn that Irving scored 30 or more. Harden had 29 points, 14 assists, and 13 rebounds his ninth consecutive game with a double-double, and the club record sits at 10. Marcus Morris had season highs of 32 points and six three-pointers, and the Los Angeles Clippers beat the Miami Heat 125-118 for their fourth straight victory. The Clippers won without Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, who were out for the second straight night because of injuries. Jimmy Butler had 30 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists for the Heat, who fell to 4-9 on the road. Evita Zubac added 22 points for the Clippers, and Lou Williams had 18 points and 10 assists. Zach Levine scored 12 of his 30 points in the fourth quarter to help Chicago force overtime. And the Bulls pulled away from the Indiana Pacers for a 120-112 victory. Chicago had lost 10 straight against Indiana and 8 straight on the road in the series. DeMontis Sabonis scored 25 points and Malcolm Brogdon had 23 for the Pacers, who had won two in a row. Bradley Beal scored 37 points in an entertaining duel with ex-teammate John Wall, and the Wizards beat the undermanned Houston Rockets 131-119 in Wall's return to Washington. Wall was traded in December for Russell Westbrook and a future first-round pick. He had season highs of 29 points and 11 assists for the Rockets. Jordan Clarkson scored an easy 40 points off the bench for the Jazz to dominate the 76ers 134-123. Donovan Mitchell followed with 24 points of his own for the Jazz to keep the league's best record moving to 23 and 5. They have won 8 straight and 19 of their last 20 overall. Utah will be on the road tomorrow night against the LA Clippers. MJ Walker scored 17 points and number 16 Florida State built a big first half lead beating number 7 Virginia 81 to 60 in a showdown between top two teams in the ACC. Raekwon Gray had 15 points as the Seminoles handed the 2019 national champion Virginia its worst ACC loss in four years. Walker made five of Florida State's season-high 13 three-pointers on 24 attempts. Gray scored in double figures for the seventh straight game. Florida State has won 24 consecutive ACC home games dating to a victory over Clemson on January 22nd of 2019. Trey Murphy III had 13 points for Virginia, which had won four in a row. And that is a look at the rundown. For this Tuesday. And I'd like to touch base a little bit on the Jazz. First off, how awesome is it that the Jazz have a guy like Jordan Clarkson that can go do that? Came in off the bench, hit four threes really casually. Uh, that 40 points off the bench is something to, that's Manu Ginobili status. That's the kind of impact Jordan Clarkson's having on this team right now. Um, I saw a tweet last night. This might be, he might be. If you take Jordan Clarkson out of the Jazz lineup, he might have the highest impact, maybe outside of Rudy Gobert. Because we've seen the Jazz, what they Donovan's special, what Donovan brings leadership-wise and scoring-wise is so important, but the Jazz have enough guys they can get away with it for a game or two. We've seen it with Mike Conley out of the lineup. I'm not sure that we'd quite see that with Rudy out, but there is no one on this roster that remotely does what Jordan Clarkson does in terms of role role. And volume, maybe Donovan, but man, Jordan Clarkson, what a trade that was for the Jazz to go get him from Cleveland for Dante Exum and second round picks. And poor Dante just still is hurt, still can't seem to figure things out. And you want him to, you really do as a Jazz fan. But man, Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck deserve some. They should win executive of the year, even though that trade occurred over, you know, a year and a half ago almost now. Because my goodness, that trade has done everything for the jazz um Ben Simmons really bothers me it's It's the most frustrating thing to watch a guy who's really smart on the floor has a high i q good passer, good you know knowing how to move with the with and without the basketball Simmons has a really high i q on both ends, but man, when he is off the floor doing an interview, guy doesn't think he does not think at all. And it is bizarre. He said it was an insult to have Rudy Gobert on him last night. Why wouldn't the Jazz put Gobert on him when he's the least effective three-point shooter that was in Philadelphia starting five last night? I mean, it just doesn't... The guy makes no sense. And on top of that, he's really, really unlikable if you're not, you know, from Australia or a 76ers fan. I don't even think LSU people like him, the way that whole thing went down. I'm not a Ben Simmons fan at all. Don't think he's a good person. I don't like to say that about a lot of guys in the NBA, but I genuinely don't think that Ben Simmons is that good of a dude. We saw it dating back to when Donovan and him had their, you know, little fun rookie jabs and stuff like that. Uh, Ben was a little more ruthless than Donovan was. Donovan was having fun, and I think Ben to some extent was, but... Some of those comments you just look at him sometimes and be like, oh okay, man. Okay. Uh and we saw that same thing in an interview after his first All Star season. they asked him if he was ever going to shoot threes. He's like, Oh, I don't need to. I'm an all star, so it doesn't matter. Like the most arrogant answer I've ever seen an athlete give in a post game or in a press conference or a you know a media gathering. I don't like Ben. I just I'm sorry, I don't like him. Dude's got a ton of talent and we saw that, obviously, on display last night. He had a career high. thought it was interesting. He and Jordan Clarkson both have the same X in uh, Kendall Jenner. No idea if that uh had anything to do with how that game went last night. But, uh, yeah, uh, Simmons claimed he's the best defensive player. Why did he not lock Jordan Clarkson down? Or Donovan, for that matter. Donovan still got to his average. Anyway, that's my rant on Ben Simmons. I'm done on that. I uh, want to talk a little bit about the Knicks. Um, the Knicks are... Interesting. And it starts and ends with Julius Randle, who was phenomenal last night. Uh, A guy that I know some Jazz fans have wanted. I think the Jazz haven't necessarily needed a guy like him, and they're proving that right now. But Julius Randle's a really good player. I really liked him coming out of college, and I really liked him when he was with the Lakers. I just felt like he never really got a good chance. And then, you know, he spends time with the Pelicans, and that was a whole disaster with Anthony Davis trying to get out of there. And then last year with the Knicks, that just simply was the Knicks. But now Tom Thibodeau comes in. Look at what he's got Julius Randle doing. Uh, Something else. Something else. They go out and get Derrick Rose, which that's uh, proven to be pretty darn good for them so far. The Knicks could be 500. When's the last time the Knicks were above 500 this deep into a season or even at 500? You'd probably have to go back to 2013 uh, off the top of my head. It's the last time they won a playoff series. It's the only time they won a playoff series in nearly two decades. So uh, it's interesting to see what the Knicks are doing. I like Emmanuel quickly a lot too. RJ Barrett's starting to play a little better. We'll uh, have to have to see if they can actually you know get back to that 500 because they're playing well and Atlanta's not. You know Atlanta's been a huge disappointment. Injuries have been a big part of that. The guys they went out and shelled a lot of money for uh, haven't been working out for them. But still, like you you'd think they would have been one of the teams to kind of get off to a quicker start and figure some things out, and they just simply haven't. A lot of injuries, uh, potentially some drama with John Collins and Trey Young. I don't know how much to buy into that, but it's it's potentially there. And I think uh, it'll be interesting to see if they move Collins. They can get some good compensation for Collins uh, if you're Atlanta. They want a lottery pick for him is supposedly what's out there, but not a lot of defense played outside of, uh, you know, Pretty much Clint Capella is their only real defensive-minded guy. Chris Dunn hasn't been healthy for them. So we will be interesting to see how Atlanta continues because they're not playing well at all in any way, shape, or form. A good win for Florida State last night. I've always liked the Seminoles. I don't know if it's because my brother lived there or, or what the deal is, but I always really liked Florida State. Um And I love the job Leonard Hamilton does there. He's just a phenomenal head coach. That was a good win over Virginia last night. It'll be interesting to see how the ACC continues to fluctuate because it's not the same ACC. It's not the Carolina-Duke ACC that it's been for the last ever. And now Virginia's obviously made their case over the last couple years winning a national title. And technically they're still the defending champs because we don't have one from last year. And Florida State, I feel like, is one of those underrated teams coming out of the ACC basketball-wise. Uh, their basketball is certainly better than their football right now. There is no doubt about that. Uh big big news coming out of San Antonio today. They uh have got some COVID issues. Them and Charlotte uh having to do some contract tracing with Quindary Weatherspoon, who played ten minutes against Charlotte. Uh Spurs aren't gonna play for likely a week. Charlotte's likely gonna miss a couple games. Uh first time we've really had much of a postponement in the NBA, though things are getting better league-wise in terms of the coronavirus which is good. Can't say the same about the NCAA. Uh, But San Antonio, uh, probably going to be out for a while. Something to keep an eye on. I want to talk a little bit about the Andre Drummond potential trade. Um, Look, this is really interesting sitting a guy and telling him, yeah, we're going to try and trade you. Don't worry about it. Just don't worry about playing. And there was some criticism against this last night, and I get it to some extent, but... I think there's a really, really good reason why teams rest some of these guys. And it's good for the players. It's good for the teams. It's good for the team that could potentially get this guy. You want to rest You don't want a guy to get injured while you're trying to move him. I mean, very rarely are there going to be prospects out there that that you can maybe move simply to move. And Andre Drummond would maybe be an exception simply because he's an expiring contract. But I think it's honestly smart. I don't get the flack behind it. Um if teams want to rest a guy to keep his value up, so be it. That's their choice. Draymond Green was uh, complaining about that last night. And I get it to some extent. I do agree that some players get more backlash than they deserve for you know trade demands and things like that. Um, I think there's a better way that maybe some of these could be handled. Like Anthony Davis did not handle that well at all in New Orleans. At all. And neither did the Pelicans. Both deserve flack for that. The Knicks and the whole Chris Stamps, Porzingis thing. The Knicks deserved crap for that. But some of these guys, the way they handled themselves, look at James Harden in Houston. The, 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 his teammates in Houston came out and spoke out against it. That was a disaster. You talk, look, listen to John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins talk, and those are guys that sometimes have been problems in their locker room, that have had issues with teammates. And they've been the ones instigating that. They're the ones that got instigated against with James Harden. And look what they had to say for it. There's no cookie-cutter solution to this. And I think that's – honestly, that's the biggest problem we have in society right now. We think there's one solid way to solve any problem, and it's just simply not true. You look at that from a religious standpoint. You look at that from a political standpoint. That's about as much as I'm going to mention about it. But there is no cookie-cutter solution. Every individual is unique. Every team is unique. We need to realize that out there there's just not – one one solution for every single problem out there. There's not one solution or one you know thing that will just fix all of our problems, make the world go round. Everyone's unique, and I think that's a beautiful thing that we all have unique opportunities and unique uh, uniqueness within ourselves. Uh, Detroit's kind of doing the same thing with Blake Griffin. I have no idea who's going to take on that contract because he's still got two years left uh, this year and next. Drummond's at least an expiring contract and is playing well. Blake Griffin has, man, just kind of deteriorated. It's kind of sad to see because, man, you want to talk about an athlete coming into the league, there may have—there are very few that were like Blake Griffin coming into the NBA. So, uh, interesting because he and Drummond were teammates. Not sure why the Cavs did that. Maybe just trying to flip Drummond now, get more assets. Uh, Looking back on that trade from last season, but— Either way, uh, it'll be interesting to see if those two guys get moved. Anthony Davis uh, did not rupture his Achilles. Uh, he is out indefinitely, though, with the strain. And uh, so that's something. And if you're the Lakers... If you're the Lakers, you simply just need to stop playing him. Uh I know they said about two to three weeks. I think he needs to stay out for at least a month, minimum. We look at what Golden State did when they rushed Kevin Durant back, and that's simply something the Lakers can't afford. The Warriors could have potentially still won that series if Klay Thompson doesn't get hurt, if you know they don't have a couple other bad bounces go their way. So it'll be interesting to uh, to keep an eye on with the Lakers moving forward. Because uh, that opens up a whole realm of possibilities, not just for the Western Conference, but for teams that get to the NBA Finals from the East, whether it's Brooklyn, Philadelphia, or Milwaukee. You kind of get the idea that those are the three teams that really have a shot at making the Finals, at least as of right now. And uh, that's that's something to really uh, take a look at. Uh, more guidelines coming out for All-Star Weekend next month. I really don't get why they're doing this. Uh, players have to stay at the hotel when you're not at the arena. Um, you still have to get tested daily for COVID-19 during the break. If you're not, even if you're not going to Atlanta for the all-star game. So, uh, I don't get it. I just really don't get why the NBA is even holding this. Well, I do. It's money, but this is the only really bonehead move Adam Silver and company has done over the last year. They've handled the pandemic great, they've handled the bubble great, they've handled the players terrifically. This just doesn't make sense. It simply just doesn't make sense. Uh some really sad news from the NFL. Wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in a Florida hotel room. Uh, Jackson was on the Chargers for a long time and then he also played for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a stretch. Oh, man, this is a hard one. I really liked watching Vincent Jackson play. When I The first Madden I ever played was Madden 08 for the Wii, where you actually got to sling the ball around. And, man, it was fun being those Chargers because you had Antonio Gates and LaDainian Tomlinson and then Jackson. And it was just a really good team with Phillip Rivers at quarterback. And uh, we keep seeing this. We keep seeing, you know, there's not, you know, necessarily any confirmed thing here but i get the sense that this is another mental health issue and so many guys are dealing with this in pro sports and so many people are dealing with this across the country especially in a pandemic where we're forced to isolate and you know get out of our, you know, maybe for some it's be staying in your comfort zone but for a lot of people you know that's that's uh that's really hard Really hard stuff from the NFL uh and that goes with uh, the Britt Reed news out of Kansas City. the girl that was involved in the crash five year old girl is now awake, which is huge. she's been hospitalized for the past twelve days and Britt Reed Andy Reed's son uh no longer employed by the team really really sad uh Reed admitted to having two or three drinks before the crash, which. I love Andy Reid. I really do. Like, the man is a model for a head coach and a human being. And his poor kids have made some really bad choices over the years. And that's got to kill you as a parent, you know, to see that when you know you've taught your kids better. Personally, I don't know that. Uh, not having kids, but, you know, that's that's heavy, heavy stuff. Glad the girl is is doing okay. um, And just... uh Really hope Britt can get the the right amount of help, and uh, hope you know you know Andy will be a big part of that. Uh, and some good news: Michael Jordan is uh, donating ten million dollars to launch two medical clinics in underserved communities near his North Carolina hometown in Wilmington. I think this is fantastic. One, Jordan has been very charitable and very you know very open about you know donating over the last year with everything going on. And you like to see that from Michael. Uh, this is really inc- cool and important to me. My mom works at a hospital in North Carolina right now. And I think that is, you know, seeing stuff like this gives us hope. You know, we just talked about some two horrific stories, you know, involving involving mental health and involving alcohol and maybe potentially even some drugs. To go out and see guys that are doing stuff like this gives us hope in this world would we see a lot of negativity. There's always going to be some positivity to overcome that. And uh props to Michael Jordan for that. Uh just looking ahead at some college hoops in the state. Aggies at Boise State tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more about that. That's a really big game for Utah State who Joe Lenardi actually does have in right now on his on his uh bracketology. BYU, who he's got as an eight seed. They play Thursday. Utah also plays Thursday. Uh, Utes playing Oregon State, BYU playing Pacific. Uh, some other news coming out of Provo that I thought was interesting. BYU added uh, more games with South Florida. The deal will give them additional home-and-home series. They'll go to to uh, Tampa in 2022 and Provo in 2023. They are expected to play this year in Provo, so it'll be three straight years against South Florida. That was probably one of the most frustrating games I've ever watched as a BYU fan back in 2019 when they lost at Raymond James Stadium. BYU should have won that game by at least 30. And I know it was Jaron Hall's first start, and Zach Wilson had just knocked it, got knocked out, and you had a really bad loss to Toledo. <sighs> but, man, that was such a frustrating, frustrating game to watch. It was the game that I thought BYU needed to move on from Elisa Tuiaki, because their defense got gashed the entire game. The only thing that really kept them, you know, either ahead, they were ahead for a good chunk of the game too. That's what was frustrating: was losing a lead against a bad South Florida team. But and they had some takeaways, but the yards given up and the scores given up were just—it was bad. It was really bad. Uh, so, but I'm glad this is a series that's going on. Anytime BYU can schedule opponents from the American Conference, I'm very much for it. Um, simply just because. They're the highest end of the G5 schools. You want to prove that you're better than those teams if you're trying to make your case to get into a P5, which I ultimately think BYU needs to do. And I uh, so overall, I really do like this. Just had to vent there about how bad that loss was in 2019. And South Florida, hopefully, uh, hopefully they're correcting some things around and figuring a few things out because uh, they've had a couple rough seasons down there in Tampa. What's on the docket for tonight? Uh, Denver visits Boston in the NBA. Lakers visiting the Timberwolves. New Orleans and Memphis. That's at six on TNT. Portland visits Oklahoma City, Toronto and Milwaukee at six. Brooklyn visiting Phoenix at eight thirty. That's another TNT game. College basketball: Northwestern at number five, Illinois, number twenty. Missouri visits Georgia and Florida will be at number twenty-four. Arkansas at five on ESPN two. Game picks: I like the Nuggets over the Celtics tonight. Boston is playing horrifically. Denver's starting to figure a few things out. Lakers got them beating Minnesota. I'm going to take the Pelicans over the Grizzlies. Uh, New Orleans was starting to figure some things out. Uh, Had a bad loss the other night, but Memphis is really reeling right now. I don't know what the deal is with the Grizzlies, but they just can't quite seem to figure some things out. I got Portland beating Oklahoma City tonight. I'm going to take Milwaukee over Toronto, and I'm actually going to take Phoenix over Brooklyn tonight. I don't know how. Or Brooklyn is equipped to deal with Phoenix uh, defensively. I think the Suns are going to score a lot of points on Phoenix. Uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker should have a heyday against Kyrie and James Harden. And, uh, yeah, that whole Chris Paul versus James Harden thing uh, will continue on as well. Top 25 college basketball. i got Illinois topping Northwestern. Missouri should win at Georgia. Missouri struggled last week, but they should get a win over Georgia. And I like Arkansas beating Florida. I think that's going to be a fairly decent game. I don't have any upsets going on tonight. That's a look at Weekdays with Wilk. I appreciate you tuning in. My host is... <laughs> That's a look at Weekdays with Wilk. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, my name's Tanner Wilkinson. I am your daily host, getting a look at how sports affect us here in the state of Utah, how we can just simply become better human beings as well. Don't forget, love one another.